Hi guys, welcome to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. My name is Ilzi. International Women's Day is celebrated on March 8 every year, and the focus of Women's Day is highlighting women's rights. One of the reasons I started the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast was to speak about education for the girl child. Like I always say, I have all female siblings, so today on the podcast, we are celebrating Women's Day by hearing from a phenomenal woman who is doing great things in the field of cardiology. She's also one of my sisters. Her name is Joyce Ijoma Wakama. Welcome, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Today I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I'm bringing you a special edition talking all about the heart. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm Joyce, like you said. Ozzy happens to be my sister, if you all don't know that by now. And talking about my walk into the healthcare industry, my journey actually started 15 years ago when I migrated to this country. And then decided to go into healthcare industry. I received my bachelor's degree from Andrews University in Barron Springs, Michigan, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then in 2015, my master's degree from Purdue University here in Fort Wayne. Okay, I have a question for you. Sure. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Because sure. I graduated in 2008, and I've said that a lot on the podcast. And someone's going to be like, oh, that's her eldest sister. How come she graduated in 2014? So before you moved to this country, did you already have... Were you always thinking about being a nurse before you moved to America? Or was it just something that when you moved to America, you kind of just migrated? So pretty much I was uh, doing business administration back in my country and also pursuing my master's degree in accounting. So, you know, nursing was never in the horizon till mm-hmm. I got married and relocated to this country. And, you know, I wanted to blend in something that would make <laughs> me relevant. <laughs> so I decided to go into nursing school. That's um, how it all began. Right, right. And uh, that's something that a lot of Nigerians talk about when they move to America. You know, they think about what professions would, like you said, help them fit in fast and do you feel like that's the reason you chose nursing? I mean, you could have chosen any other field, but why nursing? I have a passion for people. Go out of my comfort zone. You know, initially I wasn't this person that could stand up and talk, but having a passion for people made me decide, you know, this is the best fit for me to interact more with people and mm-hmm. bring them things they need to be aware of. Okay. So when you moved to America, you switched to nursing. How easy was it to switch? Because you had a business background. So how easy was it to, to switch to nursing? Did you have any kind of science background or? Yeah, definitely. I had some general requirements I did back in my first degree. You know, we had a lot of science courses that we did then and also the other thing is that you have to have some kind of passion for science you know Mm -hmm. so i had that passion for science and coming here knowing that you know failure is not an option not at all so i decided to tap from my passion and it was easy for me to blend into the system especially with the background i had okay that makes sense that makes a whole lot of sense so yeah you got into nursing and uh, you know this information is very essential for people who are moving to america for the first time and they're thinking about what profession they need to go into what you're saying is that you actually did have a passion for nursing so it wasn't like you just came to america and you're like okay everyone every nigerian is a nurse i'm gonna be a nurse no you have to have a passion for it so if you're listening and you're thinking about moving to the states and you know starting life over here you don't have to be a nurse but if you have the passion for it then go for it because then if you don't have the passion for it then you make 
a really, really bad nurse, right? Okay, so you were telling our listeners that we're family, right? Yes. So tell, tell me a little bit about your position in the family and yeah. Oh yeah, I'm the third child mm-hmm. in the family. <laughs> you know, I'm a couple of years older than Obi. <laughs> Just a couple. Keep that out of the, <laughs> of the air. But yeah, so yeah. You know, grew up in Nigeria, mm-hmm. had fun times together, migrated to this country. Eventually, Ozzy also found her way here. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's always good to have family around, and mm-hmm. it's been fun all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you moved to the States, and I know you're a nurse practitioner, and so you're in the cardiology field. But when you study nursing, you can be, there's so many choices, like different kind of nurses that you can be. Why did you choose cardiology? So pretty much, you know, my nursing career started off at, as a medical floor nurse at a big regional hospital located right here in my city. And after a year and a half, I knew there was much more I could offer, you know, mm-hmm. so I decided to go back to school and pursue my master's degree. Initially, when I finished my program I worked for a big insurance company for a year and a half and then decided that that was not my niche mm-hmm. you know cardiology has always been a thing I had an interest in because my mother's side they have a huge history when it comes to cardiology you know mm-hmm. she has a she's had several brothers that died from heart disease mm-hmm. strokes uh, hypertensive crisis and all that stuff so that was a a kind of thing that made me more interested in that field. Okay. All right. So growing up, I always felt like heart disease was a disease for the older people. When I say older, I mean like 60s, 70s, 80s. Who is most affected by heart disease? And when you say heart disease, what do you mean? Like, do you mean like having a heart attack? What exactly are you talking about? Okay, so heart disease refers to several types of heart conditions. Mm-hmm. We have several types of heart conditions out there. We have what we call congenital heart disease, things that people were born with. Mm-hmm. That those can be like having a hole in the heart or having some other abnormalities of the muscle or the heart tissue. Okay? Okay. Then we have hypertensive heart disease. The word itself, hypertensive, makes us think about hypertension. Then we have valvular heart disease. I always liken the valves in the heart to doors that mm-hmm. should seal completely. So in the heart sometimes those doors which we call valves do not completely close so those are some kind of valvular heart disease but my favorite which is coronary artery disease Mm -hmm. it talks about blockages in the arteries to the heart you Mm -hmm. know ironically is the number one killer in the united states coronary artery disease here are some heart disease facts number one this is the leading cause of death for both men and women more than half of those deaths occur in men That's why we really say that, you know, men are more predisposed, okay? And in the United States, more than 600,000 people are diagnosed each year. Actually, that number really points to those that die from heart disease each year. And that's, if you put it in perspective, that's one in every four deaths. Wow. Bringing coronary heart disease as the most common type of heart disease. In the United States, another fact is that someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds in the United States. Wow. And heart disease costs the country about $200 billion each year. Hospitalization, medications, mm-hmm. and things like that. We're not saying heart disease is a, a disease that's limited to the United States. We're only saying that because statistics are available, that's why we have these facts to share. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there are other places like Nigeria where they may have also a high incidence of heart disease, but we may not have adequate statistics or information to be able to share those data with you. Wow, that's that sinking. What are some of the causes of the coronary heart disease? So, so let me back up a little. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have the heart, which we always 
referred to as the pump. Right. Then the pump is doing its own thing. Then we have the arteries that are bringing nutrition to that heart muscle. And when, whenever we have any form of blockage in the arteries, I always liken the arteries to the heart as a highway. You know, if you look at a highway in your area, in my area is I-69, you know? Mm. So the highway, if there's any crash on the highway, you know what's going to happen. The cops are going to come. Sometimes they're going to shut down the lane, slow everybody down, right? Mm-hmm. If you bring that same scenario to the arteries in the heart, if there's any form of blockage or any form of thing that slows the blood flow down, patient will have symptoms, right? And we'll get there in a little bit. Okay. So you said that the um, heart disease is like the number one killer disease in America? Yep, number one. Even higher than cancer? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so you told us that men are most vulnerable and of course people who don't have access to health care, they also fall victim because by the time they find out about the disease, it's a little bit late, right? Okay, so is heart disease preventable, especially coronary heart disease? Definitely. You know, we have a lot of things that put us at risk for heart disease. We have things we can control, mm-hmm. things we can't control. Okay. So pretty much the things we can control is being active. You know, we always say exercise is about you get up, you move nonstop for at least 30 minutes. Okay. okay? So those are things you can decide to get up and move or just decide to sit in front of a television all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is diet. We always talk about lean protein, fish, chicken, not so much the red meat, you know, low carbs, low fat diet and all that stuff. And then overall, we talk about weight loss. You know, obesity is a big deal when it comes to heart disease. Mm -hmm. Lifestyle changes that you can affect, including smoking, alcohol consumption. All these are things you can do to lower your risk. On the other hand, things that you really have no control over is your gene. So Mm -hmm. if you have a family history of heart disease, then definitely, you know, that raises your risk. Right. To get that condition. Okay. And then if you have a, you know, history of premature family history of coronary artery disease, maybe somebody in your family had a, died from a heart attack at a young age, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, uh, that most likely will put you at risk also. Pretty much anyone and everyone can be at risk for heart disease. However, males are at greater risk. Because remember, Mm -hmm. a lot of men do not seek health care. You know, a lot of men go out there, they've not been seen by a doctor so many years. You know, they have, they think, they feel they have no reason Mm -hmm. to go looking for any medical advice. So that puts them at high risk because by the time they're beginning to have symptoms, sometimes they are at the point where the disease is in its acute phase. Right. By the time they eventually, you know, seek health care. Then we have, you know, the older you get, the higher your risk also. And women are also at risk, especially being postmenopausal. Having high LDL or bad cholesterol or having the a low HDL, which is your good cholesterol. This all puts you at risk. Uncontrolled hypertension, uncontrolled diabetes, and uncontrolled stress factors. These are all things that can put us at risk for heart disease. Okay, so I just you just covered what the risk factors are for heart disease. And you said that heart disease definitely can be inherited because you said it, you, you can have a family history of it and that way pass down from probably the parents to the offspring. Okay, now that we know what the risk factors are for heart disease, what are some of the symptoms of heart disease? Now, talking about symptoms, there are a lot of things we want people to watch out for. Number one, 
chest discomfort. And I always try to emphasize that the symptoms of a heart-related condition, most times you likely feel it with some activity, okay? Mm -hmm. That's why we always encourage people to be active. So chest discomfort can be a burning sensation. You know, there's always a fine line between, hey, am I feeling acid reflux or is this really a heart condition, okay? So and I always also underscore the fact that women do not most times necessarily have the basic symptoms that are in the textbooks. Women mm-hmm. really don't have that. Most women we've seen, they've only had sometimes just a burning sensation, a mid-back pain, mm. left arm pain, okay? Mm. But overall, generally, you know, what we're seeing in the general population, mainly chest discomfort. Some people will get nauseous, some vomiting, mm-hmm. shortness of breath with climbing stairs. We've had right. a lot of patients say, hey, you know, I'm getting old. Right. You know, maybe I'm just out of shape and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's always good when you're having these symptoms to see you know, another opinion to make sure it's not an underlying cause of your symptom. Okay? Right, right. We also have jaw pain, you know, pain radiating from your neck up to your jaw. We have mm-hmm. back pain, things like that. So okay. those are symptoms we always want patients to report. Okay. But definitely, a lot of things can cause you shortness of breath. Let's right. even talk about that. If you have any lung disease, asthma, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, mm-hmm. if you're out of shape, that definitely can cause it. Right. But, you know, we just don't want people to self-diagnose themselves. Well, that's something that I think a lot of people do. Because sometimes when you're, like, when you said climbing stairs and feeling exhausted, a lot of people experience that. But it just it does not mean that you didn't have heart disease. Yes, yes. Uh, people who go on Google and find out, type in all these symptoms, and they're like, oh, my God, I have heart disease. But you just might not have heart disease. That's true. So if you feel a certain way, what you're saying is talk to your doctor about it. Yeah, definitely. Because there are so many tests that are done to basically see if you're at risk. A basic one we have out there is what they call coronary calcium score. You know, it's a cheap test that insurance most likely will not pay for. It just uses minimal radiation, zooms into your arteries, you know, the arteries of your heart to see if there's any calcification. And then it gives it a number. Typically, zero is the normal score but we've mm-hmm. seen numbers so high and sometimes we really we see patients have zero score and then uh, walking into the doctor's office you know they do an EKG just get a basic rhythm of your heart and from mm-hmm. that they could tell if there's any issues with your heart function and then they also have a stress test where they have you walk on a treadmill to see your functional capacity to right. compare you with your peers to see if you're uh, below average or, you know, if you have no issues, you know. Basically, like I said earlier, the symptoms of a heart-related problem, you feel it when you're active. So the thinking behind this test is, hey, let's put this lady or male on a treadmill and see if we stress that heart, if patients will have some symptoms, which we can relate to okay. being at risk for heart disease. So another thing that we can, another testing we can do, you know, lipid profile, which is a test used to monitor cholesterol, because remember cholesterol plays a huge role in heart disease, and we have that lipid profile split into different aspects. We have what your total cholesterol should be, we have what your good cholesterol should be, we have what we call triglycerides also, but uh, if we're talking of coronary artery disease, we want to lay emphasis on the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. Mm-hmm. You know, we want that number to be at least l- less than 100 okay. if, uh, if you have no history of heart disease. And there are a lot of medications out there that helps lower that if you are in that category. We have 
It's the statins. Mm. You know, you some of you have heard about uh, atovastatin, which is a generic for Lipitor, or Zuvastatin, which is a generic for Crestor, Pravastatin, you know, Simvastatin. Those are medications that have been researched clinically to show that they help lower your uh, lipid profile. Mm-hmm. So this is another testing that's available too. Okay. Do you find that when patients come into the hospital, do you find that they're truthful? A lot of times I think, well, I mean, from personal experience, like when I go to the dentist and they're asking me how often I floss, I feel like I have to impress them. I mean, sometimes I don't want to say like, oh, I, don't, I forget to floss. So I'm like, oh, you know, I do, I do most of the time. And I find that patients do that when you ask them about their family history. They might not want to be completely open to tell you certain things. So do you find that people do that? You don't find people don't do that? No, I've, I've not really had people that conceal their family history. Now, everybody mm. is eager to share, you know, because okay. whenever it comes to the heart, every they're all scared, mm. you know, so right, they want right, to know, right, hey, right. what's happening? Right. Am I going to die today? Am I, okay. you know, so they're okay. eager to share with us information regarding their family history, their smoking history, mm-hmm. their health history. Are they diabetic? Are they into illegal drugs? You know, how long have they been smoking? These all play a role okay. in putting you at risk. Are they diabetic? When was the last time you saw your primary doctor? Ironically, I've seen, um, over the past few weeks, I've seen two male patients. They never saw their primary doctors, you know, general doctors in over six years. They thought they were healthy, mm-hmm. you know, but they ended up having major coronary artery disease. One of them even required a bypass. Wow. So, yeah. So, so what do you recommend when it comes to medical checks? How often do you think that people should go to their doctors, even if when they're not experiencing anything? So, typically, I will recommend a yearly checkup with your primary provider. Okay. You know, just go touch base with them, reevaluate, hey, what's changed? Mm-hmm. What's changed in your family history? Mm-hmm. What's changed in your condition? Is there any new symptoms you're experiencing? You know, just have that one-on-one chat with your primary care doctor. Right. And typically, if they think you're having any problems with your heart, they usually will refer you to a cardiologist for okay. more testing. And one of the testing I forgot to mention before was an echocardiogram, okay. which is basically an ultrasound of your heart mm-hmm. that's also used to diagnose heart condition and all that too. So let's talk about uh, the everyday man on the street, people on the street who probably don't have a family history of heart disease. They're probably exercising, but at, point, at some point in their lives, they experience a whole lot of stress and they're wondering, okay, am I going to get a heart attack over something like this? So what do you think the role of stress is in, in heart conditions? Do you think stress can induce certain heart conditions? Oh yeah, stress yeah. stress plays a huge role okay. in heart conditions. Backtracking on what you said, a lot of some people just don't know their family history, either they were adopted, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, And then talking about stress, definitely we've seen the heart function drop because of extreme stress. People mm-hmm. that have experienced you know, a loss in the right, family, right. Uh, maybe a, a death mm-hmm. somewhere along in the family, mm-hmm. loss of job, loss of income, you know, those things can affect the heart function, you right? Know? Mm-hmm. can affect how much your heart is working. You know, we've seen that happen. We'll take a short break from our sponsors, but when we come back, we'll keep talking about the heart. Welcome back. We've been speaking to an amazing woman, Joyce, about um, heart disease. And before the break, we spoke about the fact that stress can actually induce heart conditions. Now let's talk about diet. 
Can the food we eat affect how healthy our heart would be? Because there are a lot of people who will say, well, my family doesn't have a history of heart disease. I exercise, you know, I don't have any bad habits. I can pretty much eat whatever I want. So are there certain types of foods that we should be wary of when it comes to uh, preventing heart disease? So pretty much when it comes to your diet, we emphasize low carb, lean protein, mainly fish, chicken. We always like the wild, caught, not farmed raised fish, fish okay? Yeah. Low fat, you know? Mm-hmm. Avoid a lot of processed foods, mm-hmm. you know? Carbs should always be the smallest portion on your plate. Right. A couple of weeks back, we had someone talk about how you need to eat with your hands. And basically what she was saying is that when you're eating, you, like what she said, your carbs should be the least on the plate. The meat should be like the palm of your hand. She gave us a few pointers. And so if you guys are interested in finding out how your diet can affect your, your health, you can also backtrack and listen to episode 58, you know, talking about how to eat with your hands. And that's really, really helpful. All right. Thank you so much for shedding light on this. I know a lot of people don't usually talk about heart disease until they either get diagnosed with it or they know someone really close to them that gets affected. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and I wish you well in your career as a nurse practitioner practicing in the field of cardiology. Do you have any parting words to to say to our listeners? I just want to say, you know, take care of yourself. You have only one heart. Right. You want to take care of yourself. You have to be active because those symptoms pretty much most of the time will present itself when Mm. you're active. So the bottom line is we all have to engage in some form of routine physical activity remember the key word there is routine okay? right right exercise is uh, you know tw- 20 to 30 minutes it can be 20 to 30 minutes daily twice mm. a day as much as you can tolerate mm. and we always emphasize cardio exercise because a lot of people do not have memberships to any gym right and even if they get it they're too busy to go to the gym mm-hmm. so what we really uh, emphasize is if you're in the home you have space in your home there's no excuse not to be active you can mm-hmm. walk from your living room to your bed you know bedroom 10 10 times you know right those are all little ways we can help help ourselves be conscious of your diet and be conscious of weight and all that stuff if you're someone that's uh, has a history of smoking we want you to seriously consider quitting if you have diabetes we want you to make sure your diabetes uh, is under control because mm-hmm. remember whatever helps your diabetes whatever helps your blood pressure if you have hypertension definitely will help your heart right so and if you're into alcohol we want you to be moderate in everything you do for additional reliable quality information we'd like you to visit the american college of cardiology website at www.cardiosmart.org or the American Heart Association website at www.heart.org. Right, right, right. And before we go, I have one last question. We're in Fort Wayne tonight. Uh, how do you like living in Fort Wayne? I, you know, on the internet, it says that Fort Wayne is the fifth most boring city in America. Do you find that to be true or do you like life in Fort Wayne? Yeah, I like living in Fort Wayne, you know. It all depends on what you're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. I have kids. It's a nice town to raise kids. Cost of living is low. Mm-hmm. Cost of everything. We have a lot of institutions here. Good okay. schools, mm-hmm. good healthcare system. 
you know, if I want to have fun, I drive to a neighboring, you know, I'm not too far away from big happening cities, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> that it's a two-hour drive, I can go there and come back. But, you know, I'm here in this country, I take care of my family. So here, living here is not a bad idea. Okay. It's good for raising kids, and this is the age I'm in now. So okay. after my kids are grown and gone, then if I want to have fun, I can have a... Then you move to Vegas. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed this really interesting episode about taking care of your heart. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And have a wonderful week. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Do you know that you can support this podcast with a small monthly contribution as little as a dollar every month? If you'd like to do so, please visit our website at www.talesofanafricanprincessinamerica.com. Thank you.